0: To the 5 o'clock show, it's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby.
1: Well, we're back. It's Monday. Back to work Monday, I call it, and uh, uh, we have a great show for you today, and... Uh, we have Congressman Peter King in the studio, a common-sense Republican. And uh Judge Richard Weinberg, you're back from vacation, uh common-sense Democrat. And we have a special guest. We have Senator Tuberville. How do you say it right? Tuberville Some, of Alabama. Of Alabama.
2: Alabama. Oh, but, Alabama.
1: but there was no banjo on your knee.
2: No. No, no, <laughs> and call me coach. By the way, coach, coach that's yeah. it, right? Coach
1: Templeville. Uh, hey, I
2: earned that. And, you know, being a and, senator, uh, we, don't cuss me like that, right?
3: especially <laughs> are, to Auburn fans. We are
1: so happy to have you in the studio. We'd, we'd love to get your comments during the next uh, half hour, hour, whatever you can stay. That'd for. be great. Thank you. And uh, I read it, Cosby. Uh, Welcome back from uh, your weekend off. Well, and by the way, we missed you on Friday. Uh, You were doing a big speech at the Talkers
3: Conference, which we talked about, um, and big news tomorrow with, of course, AM, the hearing for AM
1: Radio in Congress, which you spearheaded by talking about it, and bravo, bravo, bravo. Well, I understand we got some breaking news, and I understand John Solomon's calling in.
0: Breaking News, WABC.
1: And joining us now with some big breaking
3: news is the founder of Just the News, John Solomon. John, let's talk about uh, this big stuff with James Comer. He came out and he basically said the document that Christopher Ray showed him is a bombshell. What do you know?
4: Yeah, well, first off, this is headed towards a condemned vote. Starting Thursday, uh, Chairman James uh, Comer, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, will begin proceedings and he will most likely have the votes to find uh, FBI Director uh, Free, I'm sorry, Free, listen to me, Ray, in, um, in contempt. And that'll be a big moment. That sets up a constitutional clash between the executive branch and the uh, uh, legislative branch. But in the meantime, it's what uh, you know, Congressman Comer said today about the document that's getting a lot of the news. Uh, there is a, a really significant evidence, that he says, that this came from a trusted informant who had years of reliability in providing information to the FBI that turned out to be true. Two, the FBI doesn't want to turn it over because it has not disproven the allegation and considers it under active investigation. Now, if you extrapolate that, what that means, if they're telling the truth, it means that the FBI currently has an investigation of Joe Biden for bribery. Otherwise, they would not have made those statements to the committee.
1: I want to be able to understand it. I want our listeners to understand it. Are you saying that Chairman Comer, the chairman of the committee, the congressman, met with the FBI director, saw the documents, saw the evidence, and uh, uh, the FBI did not want to put their finger on it yet, but they said, well, this is it. This is is from a reliable informant that could implicate everybody up to the president?
4: Let me read you the exact words, but that is an outstanding extrapolation of what happened to you. Here it is. Directly in the words of James Comer, FBI officials confirmed that the unclassified FBI-generated record has not been disproven and stated several times the information contained within it is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. The confidential human source who provided the information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI years. That is a pretty strong, sweeping statement. and uh,
1: it All means- I can say is, uh, wow. oh, oh my God. Yeah, and, that's uh, a nice uh, way to say it. I was thinking of other words, John. <laughs> and it, look, 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 I don't want to, I hate to end up with uh, President Harris right now. I mean, uh, <laughs> but yeah. but, but, people, people, our citizens, we have to have confidence in our justice system. We yeah. have to have confidence in Washington. Otherwise, we don't have anything if we, don't, if we lose confidence. And the fact that Ray keeps fighting
3: this, too, is so interesting, John, uh, that he's yeah. like, now they say, we still want the document. I mean, that is a bombshell. Uh, let me ask you also, uh, Trump's attorneys meeting with DOJ, they just walked out a few hours ago. Uh, yes. Jim Trusty, his head guy, what are you hearing on that?
4: Well, they call these the Hail Mary meeting. It's usually when lawyers have reason to believe, maybe they've gotten a target notification that uh, their client is about to be indicted. They go in and make their best pitch to do otherwise. Hunter Biden's lawyers just did this a few weeks ago. Abby Lowell and team did a similar thing because they had reason to believe their client was imminently going to be indictment. Uh, this is the same thing. The, the purpose of the meeting was to lay out contrary evidence that they feel maybe Jack Smith hasn't told the justice department leadership about, and also to raise concerns about some behavior that they believe is unbecoming of the justice department during this investigation. One of the former lawyers for Trump, um, has made several comments in recent weeks that he saw a lot of abusive behavior by the justice department behavior that isn't consistent with the ethics and mores of the justice department. When we talked about the justice
1: department, let's get it straight. Is it the Trump justice department or the Biden justice department? Let's keep it. Let's keep uh, the scoreboard. In this
4: case, it is the Biden justice department. Jack Smith was appointed by president Biden two years after president Biden took over. So this is all on the Biden DOJ. Um, But they saw abusive behavior in this investigation since Jack Smith took over. That's the allegation. And they wanted to raise those.
1: And I hear, John, I hear Mm -hmm. that uh, the whispers around Jack Smith's people are that it's going to happen in the next couple of days. And they're going to indict the former president of the United States. Wow. Wow. That is big news.
4: Yeah, no, that's exactly why this meeting would occur at this time. Usually, this meeting stays to the very end of of that process, and we're in that process. It appears so. In the grand jury's meeting this week, so uh, there's there's a lot of people concerned uh, on the Trump side what may happen next. But we've been through this once. We just went through it in New York. We may go it again in Georgia as well. So we could have a thrice uh, indicted uh, Republican uh, well, candidate. Well, they're going to do
1: everything. Look, they're going to do. I don't think uh, Donald Trump has done anything more wrong than any other president that we've ever had has done.
3: Well, and by the way, Biden, if it's tied to the documents, Biden had the documents near more, the Corvette. Sh- I mean, I mean it, come on. But they're going to do everything possible
1: to bring this guy down. Yeah, absolutely. I, and, and, if, and today, by the way, today is uh, June 5th, the anniversary of Robert Kennedy's assassination. Yes. And I, 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 you know, if, when I interviewed uh, RFK Jr., they thinks the... Uh, Part of our government uh, broke down his father. That's right. So does that mean that if they can't get Donald Trump legally, they're going to try to bring him down? Wow, scary stuff.
4: Yeah, these are the big questions. And when we talk about weaponization of government, this is what it looks like today. Back in 2016, it was a secret investigation of Donald Trump into Russia collusion allegations that didn't exist. Now it's very public indictments for potential crimes it appears if, if it happens multiple presidents and vice presidents have taken documents without consequence yep. so that dual system of justice is there and there was another story i had this morning Yep, and that's
3: what that's i was going to say john before we let you go we want to get to the january 6 you had some bombshells about a breach basically security
4: yeah we're going to see this video tonight senator ron johnson has been hinting at this for two years For nearly 40 minutes, a door on the Upper West Side of the Senate uh, side of the Capitol that called the Upper West Terrace was uh, allowed to be kept open uh, without police really monitoring it. Uh, It was a fateful mistake. The police let a couple protesters out. They hit a door lever that actually deactivates the door because it's a fire system. And all of a sudden the door is unlocked. The police abandoned post. And more than 300 of the people who entered the Capitol that day came in uncontested through that door, what it did is it not only is a massive breach. Imagine if the Secret Service left the back door of the White
1: House open. There would be hell to pay for Secret Service agents. Not I only think that. We but- should talk about it more real soon, but we're out of time. John sure. Solomon, thank you. But let's do it again in the next couple of days. Yep. John always has okay. some bombshells. Thank you, John. Thank you. Well, that's a, that's a bombshell, but I want to get this straight and we're going to discuss it amongst ourselves. The current president of the United States hires a a prosecutor named uh, Jack Smith to indict his opponent. Yeah, that's essentially what's happening. And by the and way, it, by it, the way, know, John, the, let's get this straight. This is what it comes down to, and we we expect the American people to trust our Justice Department. And then John Solomon says that uh, uh, the the uh, that, uh, the that uh, the Congressman Comer Comer, Comer Comer Comer, yeah. And, and uh, that, that the just, that Ray, the head of the FBI, showed him a document saying that there might be proof that the Biden, President Biden, might be taking bribes. Right. And, like, a, and part of an ongoing investigation. On in I mean, uh, Santa, Tommy, Coach, 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 Coach. Yeah, but let everybody know who he is. Yes, of
3: course he is. Senator Tommy Tupperville, the great coach of Auburn for so many years. Miss, Texas Cincinnati, University
2: of Miami, you know, Catholics versus convicts. I was coaching that game. Thank God. I, I works for Jackie Johnson. Who won? <laughs> Coach,
1: coach. Does this make any sense at all? Hey, you know, the current president hires a special prosecutor to prosecute his opponent.
2: Okay. And, and you wonder why the american citizen has zero confidence in the government of the united states i mean it is embarrassing what's going on
1: saudi arabia doesn't have uh, confidence in the united states look what the heck they're doing
2: and then you look at our our institutions the fbi upper echelon of the fbi upper echelon the cia the department of justice our education system it is it's out of control it's absolutely out of control. my phones ring off the wall in my office from from my constituents in Alabama going, Coach, what is wrong with our country? And it's just it is the corruption is there. You know, you just you don't know whether you're going to be able to get anything out of any of this, but we better get some kind of control because the people are gonna give up on our government if we don't watch it. I you.
1: mean, yeah, things are out of control. It doesn't pass the smell test. And Congressman Congressman King, you were there for 28 years. Can you believe what's going on right now?
5: No. I mean, this, this has certainly been a dramatic change in the last two years. But going back to what the senator was saying about the FBI and the CIA and the top levels of government, I was there during the whole Russia hoax investigation, both the Homeland Security Committee and the Intelligence Committee. And it's one thing if you have a close call, if there's some evidence, In this case, it was zero from beginning to end. Yet you see front page headlines in The New York Times, The Washington Post, talk about evidence of Russian collusion. And again, of course, in the end, it was found there was nothing there, but the damage that was done to the White House and to the government during those two years. And Congressman,
3: you also talked about how um, how like Adam Schiff, you were behind closed doors. Adam Schiff would say you'd hear evidence and then Adam Schiff would whole, tell a whole different spin. That's how I felt today, by the way, because I was watching the comments coming from Comer and Jamie Raskin. Comer was saying, just as John was saying, this was damning. Uh, this is bad. It looks like part of a money scheme. It's showing shell companies. That he saw the document, still wants to get it physically, but he actually saw the document. And Raskin's like, uh, no big deal. Well, I, you don't know what to trust. Know, I, I
5: have no idea what was in those documents, but I'm willing to bet that whatever was there was far more than there ever was against uh, Donald Trump when it came to Russia. It, it warrants an investigation, and Ray's got to come forward and say what's going on. And, and
6: he's under subpoena, and he has to turn those documents over. This is a very serious issue, and it's not good enough to just show it to the ranking member and chairman of the committee. The House of Representatives Committee is entitled to that, and the Speaker has made it very, very clear that they'll have an enforcement action for a violation of that obligation. That's right, and hold them in contempt. It's a very big deal.
3: You know what I'm disgusted about uh, is the double standards. I mean, to me, when I hear, and I brought up even in the interview when we were just talking with John Solomon, you heard this, Senator, I was like uh, under the you know the hood of the Corvette, I mean, if they go after Donald Trump, and the new news also is that Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, we're just hearing in the last few minutes, uh, attended the meeting today at DOJ with Trump's attorneys, including Jim Trusty, who's like his right-hand guy
1: with this case. And and, and somebody is leaking it yeah. that the indictment is going to have uh, happen over the next two, three days. I heard it from two different sources, maybe three different sources. The leak is yeah, the leak is out. And, and, that the indictment is going to happen. And uh, guys, by the way, today is June 5th. Today is uh, your Saturday, was the anniversary of, a, is it the four, 56th? Oh, yeah. 1968. The, yeah, 68. Uh, 1968. 1968. 1968. The anniversary The of Robert F. Kennedy. Now... They're doing everything possible to bring this president down.
3: Well, and and, and John, where I have a problem is the double well, standards. Well, and who? Know, oh, wow, John, I, I'm telling you, they are so desperate. And you were the first one, right, Senator, who endorsed President Trump. Uh, I know you did it the, the first Senate. go round, and and right. first one this go round in the Senate. Right. But you know the double standards. What disgusts me, John, is here it is. Biden had his documents all over the place. If this is tied to the to the Trump documents. And we look at Biden. Where's the investigation of Biden? He had documents all over the East Coast, including under the Corvette senator.
2: Well, you got to remember this: if Donald Trump goes back into office, which they're going to do everything they possibly can to keep him out, people going to go to jail because uh, he knows and he, he's he's seen it all, and we all understand now what happened to Durham Report. We under we, we we've seen what's happened since President Trump uh, actually was running for the position. Uh, you know, for the first time. And it's just, it's sad we've gotten to this country where the media, the mainstream media is absolutely criminalized everything that Donald Trump has done. And he did more good things than any president other than Ronald Reagan that I've ever, I've ever had the opportunity to uh, watch in, in my life here in this great country that we live in. But I tell you this this weaponization of, of what's going on now, Uh, against uh, President Trump and the cover-up of what's going on with Joe Biden. I mean, it is – and, and again, I've seen a lot of things in Washington, D.C. in the last few years, and it's embarrassing to even think about some of the things that you see and you read in some of these intelligent meetings, and uh, they've got to get to the bottom of it.
1: Senator, you're also concerned about what's going on in our armed forces, and you spoke on it last week. Tell – uh, everybody that's listening, we may have a million. Who knows how many people listen? A million people listening. You are concerned about the the pick of the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, the chair,
2: well. Well, Chairman. Well, well, uh, General Milley has has been a pretty average general, to be honest with you. He's made some bad mistakes. The <laughs> Afghanistan deal, he should have stopped that. And his his job is to give advice to the president of the United States. And obviously he didn't do a very good job of getting it to him. Hey, Mr. President, we can't leave like this. We cannot do this to our allies. We talked our allies into getting into Afghanistan, and we didn't even tell them we were getting out. That was a
3: disaster.
2: Yeah, a total disaster. But I've got a hold on all of the generals and admirals right now because the Department of Defense is trying to play Congress. Uh, They're making laws uh, themselves. And no matter what, and i'm doing it over the a new abortion policy they're putting in but it's really not about it about that it's saying it's about,
1: like the EPA is trying to make their own rules
2: yeah they're they're making all the rules and like i said is is what's more important you making all the rules and sticking with these rules or going back and running our military the right way getting this wokeism out of our military cuz it is absolutely a disaster right now we're losing recruits Last year we were fifteen thousand down in the army. This year we're probably going to be that much or more in the army, and the rest of them are going to be down for the first time in the history of this country—an all-volunteer military—and it is, it is all caused by the wokeism, the CRT, all the things, the social justice uh, agenda that they're pushing all over the country, but not just in the in our military of all places, and that is supposed to keep this country safe. And we're probably less safe right now because of our military than ever before.
1: They're attacking us. Senator, they're attacking America in many, many directions, whether it's the borders, whether it's the the drugs, the fentanyl coming through the borders versus the amount of money that, that China is giving our universities Well, and creating. You know, I believe in a university. I went to, uh, you know, we're. Let's let the students hear both sides and let them decide how they feel.
2: The number one commodity in our country, okay, is not oil. It's not gas. It's not food. It's not water. It's not gold. It's our kids. The kids in this country are number one. And Mm -hmm. we don't get back to educating kids and teach them to read and write and math. This country has no chance in the future Mm -hmm. because we all understood that this country was built on the backs of hard-working Americans, and how can you take advantage of an opportunity if you can't read and write and over half the kids in this country from almost every school when they get out can't read over the sixth grade reading level? That is criminal.
1: Yeah, that is, it cr- is criminal. Let's take a quick break right now, and when we come back, we're going to come back. with. Uh, I understand a friend of mine, a Francine Lefrak, is uh, dedicating a – uh, a new uh, part of the university. Yeah, the- she's
3: a great philanthropist and doing a lot to help young people. So, good okay. Uh, let's uh,
1: let's uh, let's take that break and we'll come back with Francine Lefrak. She's, she'll be calling in from the site.
0: A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby, Katz and Cosby on seventy seven WABC.
1: With us today is Francine Lefrak a graduate and a trustee of Barnard uh, College. Uh, and uh, Francine Lefrak, uh, welcome to uh, uh, the Katz and Cosby show. Uh, You've got big things happening today at 5 o'clock. Tell us what's happening.
7: Groundbreaking, John, for this remarkable center of well-being called the Francine A. Lefrak Center for Well-Being, where we have three pillars. Physical well-being, mental well-being, and financial well-being. And and uh, how big is it going to be? And uh,
1: and when is it expected to to be finished? If you're break, you're breaking ground today, and uh, when do you think it'll be finished?
7: We are going to be finished next May. However, the programs for the center are already in place and already moving forward. So. The center is going to be a model for other institutions to replicate because of this three-pillar approach.
1: Understood. And and, uh, it sounds uh, really good, this three pillars, because you need mental well-being, you need financial well-being for our civilization to, uh, uh, to go forward.
7: Absolutely. You know, usually... Um, a center for well-being will be physical and mental, and they'll leave out the financial, which is the glue. And as you know, financial well-being is what gives you peace of mind and habits and qualities to take through life. So financial stress can sabotage everything. And we want the women to have the curriculum to have a roadmap so they have a much more secure financial future. And each student will be graduating with the Francine A. Lefax financial Leadership and Fluency Certificate, which I'm very proud of. And John, you helped me a lot with my financial sophistication, and I'll always be indebted to you because that's how a woman has power when she has the knowledge to transform her life because she understands her personal finance.
1: Uh, tell us, uh, what, uh, you know, five o'clock we're on right now, and you're calling in from uh, uh, the, the the college. And anything else you want to tell all New Yorkers, all Americans?
7: I know that the pandemic left a lot of scars, and that we're, there's a lot of mental illness, and... People really need to think about their total wellness and they need to get support. And this center will not only be for the students, the faculty, the alumni, the Harlem community and the community at large, but it will be a resource for all women to use. And hopefully, as I said, it will be a model.
1: Francie Lefrak, I knew your mom, I knew knew your dad, and uh, they're looking from above, and they're happy right now. Thank you for everything you've done for your family, and thank you for everything uh, that you've done for all Americans and all New Yorkers, and, and we'll catch up again real soon.
7: One quick thing. My mother graduated as an economics major in 1941. And there were only 4% of women in the entire country that graduated. Now 60% of colleges graduating women. So we've come a long way and we'll continue to grow. She led the way and she led the way. Led the and, way she... and I'm very proud of her. Anyway, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for this. Have thank a you. great day.
1: Wow. Beautiful. That was Francine and, uh, uh she's at the college right now and she's doing amazing things. Bravo yes. Francine. And, and uh, before before the senator uh leaves he wanted to say a few things on this anniversary day also of uh, of what was it Yeah, Tomorrow D- is D day D-day. Was D-day and we've got a uh, senator
3: Tommy Tuberville of course of Alabama and Senator your dad right was part of Normandy talk about this and and the significance tomorrow's the 79th anniversary yeah
2: he he lied about his age at age 16 wow and, and joined the army wow. and years old so later he landed at Utah Beach on D day and wow. bro- and end up driving a tank all the way across Europe was awarded five bronze stars ever bronze stars a major map battle and had a purple heart and i said uh he got hit in the back. I said, "Dad, you got hit in the back." He said, "Yeah, I was running like hell. My tank was on fire." <laughs> and uh, but he was a true American. He, he stayed in the military all of his life and died on active duty at age fifty three in a wow. training mission.
5: That's a whole different oh, breed of Americans. God. You see that today in the military?
2: No, no, no. I, we've got some great military I'm people at the top levels. But but I'm gonna tell you, you know, it and it what they're pushing in the military right now is just absolutely shameful about the United States of America. Uh, you know, and everybody said, well, you need to let this person in. Let me tell you, my brother couldn't get in the military because of flat feet. The military is a special place and you've got to be able to go in and take what they give you to train. It's tough because you go in there to win. You're not going in there to just get a job. You're going to win and be basically a killing machine. Yeah. And that's what it is. And
1: you know what we're, we're sending in? We're, we're, we're the, 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 the Chinese, the Russians, uh, everybody else has killing machines. And you know what we have? I don't want to say. Yeah.
5: We have a lot of great men and women, but, yes, unfortunately, the leadership is not what it should be. It's yeah. yeah. become
1: it so trying to to change it. I agree. So it the is. question is, is our politicians doing what the enemy wants us to do? Well, Kamala Harris okay? said at West, West Point, the
5: strength of the military is diversity. That's the,
1: yeah. We don't enough diversity.
3: Enough. Yeah, it, we need diversity. Yeah, it's conquering killers. the enemy, as your dad yeah. knew. Walter. And, by the way, I read we're that we're your dad... the United States of
1: America. Yes. We, we, we don't keep a strong military.
3: And we need it. And your dad inspired you to serve. I saw that at some time. And they never cared
2: who was in the foxhole with them. It didn't make any difference. You're black, white, red, green... Um, Catholic, Protestant, rich, poor—that makes no difference. We got to have people that fight as a team that protects this country and our allies. We we are we we are part of a, a big uh, conglomerate that is supposed to protect millions and millions of people. We spend a lot of money, but we're not getting our money's worth. We are not getting our money's worth right now, and it's because of leadership.
3: Yeah, well, and we need to bring it back. Uh, yeah. To bring honor to your father, uh, absolutely. I want say one thing. For.
2: Never happened before. As congressmen and senators, you get to nominate kids for academies. Mm-hmm. It's a $500,000 education. It's unbelievable. A few weeks ago, I called a kid I said, congratulations, you've been accepted into this academy. Coach, I'm not going. What? He turned it down. I do not believe in what they're teaching at these academies. Wow.
3: How well, sad is do, that?
2: What does that tell you? That's
1: a sad
3: testament. That means we're in
2: trouble.
1: Now, wow. I know we're going to take a break, and I know, Senator, you have to leave. we got Gordon Chang coming in, and there was some significant uh, issues in the Pacific uh, in the last couple of days. Yeah, China, and big, uh, provo- uh, big uh, provocations. They're teasing. They are teasing our people. They're teasing our Navy. They're teasing our, our Air Force. And Sad day in the world.
2: Well, look at our Commander-in-Chief. I mean, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care anymore.
1: Wow. Well, what a pleasure to have
3: thank you here, you. Senator. Hey, thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you, thank Senator. You. Look forward and to talking keep, to you again Keep soon. fighting for all God, God bless America. Yes. God bless. And, God bless America.
2: And let's get us a president in there like Donald Trump.
1: Thank
3: you. Thank, thank you, you, you very much, Senator. Great to let's have go you Let's go here. to a break, and when Good we come says, back, we're you. going to
1: come back with Gordon Chang.
0: Your commuting home. Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC.
3: And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Big news with China definitely taking huge, provocative actions against the United States. First, one of our surveillance planes, and then in the last few days, a Chinese warship coming really close to a U.S. destroyer in the Taiwan Strait. And joining us now is the great China expert, his Twitter handle is Gordon G. Chang. Uh, Gordon Chang, great to have you here. What do you make of all this? We just had, you probably heard Senator uh, Tommy Tuberville here, and he was saying they just don't respect us, that, that they're clearly, you know, amping up, and they just don't respect this American president. Your thoughts?
8: Well, the senator is right, even though I'm not an Auburn fan. Um, And and the reason is that big spy balloon that uh, flew over our country in January and February, surveying our nuclear weapon sites, that was really the big middle finger to President Biden. It was just a sign of utter disrespect for the United States. You know, we've seen it with these dangerous provocations. And by the way, the the intercept of the U.S. Air Force RC-135 on May 26th, That was extremely significant because that occurred on the one-year anniversary of the May 26, 2022 intercept of an Australian plane over the South China Sea in international airspace. They almost brought that plane down, the Australian plane. So China's trying to send a message by doing that on the anniversary of that exceedingly provocative event.
3: So where do you see this headed, Gordon? Because this is really scary. I mean, if you look at that video – um, in particular of, uh, the warship that was just coming out. I mean, it looks like I was thinking they were going to crash. I mean, literally it's right there and you see them there. It, it, they are clearly amping up. Where is this going? Because even like, uh, General Keith Kellogg earlier t- today was saying, we have no plan. Like, like we are, we were just talking with, you know, the senator who was just talking about, yeah, the military's not ready. Are we ready? Uh, if, uh, they really amp up and decide to do the next move, China, especially with Taiwan.
8: Yeah, I think we're going to know a lot at the end of this month. And the reason, Rita, is that if there is another intercept this month, it means that we have not deterred China. Now, I am an optimist. I think that China will calm down for a little while. But if we see another intercept this month, then we have to start really, really worrying because it means that everything the Biden administration has done has failed. And that means that Beijing, I think, will take the next step. I don't know exactly what it will be. Um, but it is going to i think start a descent towards conflict
3: you know i want to ask you real quick also gordon about the fall the biden fall everyone's talking about it. it's sort of a metaphor you know i mean they see him falling yeah
8: well i i think that beijing understands that the president is not fully competent um, they know of his medical problems they know they shoot him fall of all sorts of drugs when he's not in front of the public you know, in falling, anybody can fall. But, you know, Biden himself set the standard when um, he made fun of Trump with that very slow walk uh, at, at uh, West Point. And so really what Biden was saying was, look, this is something that is important. And now Biden did something even worse. He just fell. Um, and so I think that uh, clearly the president is not physically able and looks like he's not mentally capable as well.
6: Gordon, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. What troubled me is something I just read over the last couple of days, which is that the Saudis and other Middle Eastern states are now doing naval operations with the Chinese. Can you comment on that?
8: Yeah, I mean, that shows the complete and utter collapse of American policy in the Middle East. The reason why this is occurring, Judge, is because when Biden was running for president, he promised to make the kingdom a pariah over the Jamal Khashoggi murder. Well, the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, has now gotten back at the United States And Biden, he went over to Riyadh and had to beg. And the crown prince said, I'm not listening. And that just shows you that we transitioned from one of the most successful Middle East policies under Trump to the worst under Biden.
3: So where do you see all of this head to head? Um, I want to ask you, you know, Gordon Chang, because. We're seeing all these actions. Um, we're seeing, you know, the movements. Economically, we're not doing anything uh, against China. And also, by the way, we still haven't gone after China on the Wuhan lab. It's like this president still hasn't picked up the phone. And by the way, to add insult to injury, today is the anniversary of the Tiananmen Square massacre. And we actually sent two U.S. dignitaries over there to China. I mean, what a slap in the face.
8: Yeah, well, really, um, that was wrong um, to start the trip on June 4th. And it just shows you that the Biden administration has been captured by China, because what we were saying was that uh, June 4th is no big deal. It's just like any other day. No, it's not like any other day. This is the day when China massacred thousands of people. And, um, you know, even though it was 1989, that day has great significance in residents in China, has great significance in residents in Hong Kong and elsewhere and so it was wrong for the State Department to start its trip on June fourth.
3: Absolutely, James uh, Weinberg. To,
6: it seems to me that the Biden administration is either totally clueless or totally uh, under evil control. What's your thoughts on that? Gordon?
8: Well, I mean, Hunter Biden received money, um, and his legal team in March said it was good faith seed funds, quote unquote. Well, that's an admission of corruption because there is corruption is the only explanation for a Chinese state enterprise to pay millions of dollars to um, people who have no business experience. Um, But, you know, as Robert Gates, our former defense secretary, famously wrote in his 2014 memoir, Joe Biden has been wrong on nearly every foreign policy and national security decision of the last four decades. So China didn't have to bribe him. He was going to make mistakes uh, and adopt misguided policies anyway. But what it means is that America's standing in the world has fallen precipitously. Well, I've never seen such a collapse in America's standing. And this is a dangerous moment because Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, thinks he can do whatever he wants, which means that there is now an inevitable drift towards war unless something happens. And I don't see the Biden administration stopping that drift.
3: Wow,
1: that is really scary. The biggest scary. problem, Gordon, this is John Katsimatidis, and the way I see it, something has to happen, because right now Biden only has, one way or another, has 16 months left or 17 months, 18 months left to his term. And if the Chinese <coughs> are being, you know, if they want something to happen, they're going to make it happen before there's a new president, if there's a new president.
8: Yeah, And, and the other thing, John, is that inside China right now, there are crises that Xi Jinping can't solve other than uniting the Chinese people with a war or with some foreign distraction. So the imperative for war inside the Communist Party is strong. And the Chinese military right now is actually purging officers who are opposed to war. Um, One of them in February actually got a death sentence, though I think it'll be commuted to life imprisonment. But the point is, that's a regime that unless it's stopped, will go to war, which is the reason why I say this is going to happen unless Biden stops them. And Biden is not adopting policies that are stopping them. He's actually adopting policies that are encouraging them. This is not intentional, but he's Adopting policies that are encouraging China to to go to war because every time they do something provocative, he backs away. So that gives them a big advantage and more incentive to do something more belligerent.
1: Thank you so much, Gordon. And we'll we'll talk to you in the next couple of days because things are happening every day. And uh, God Thanks, bless uh, America because we're, we're we're you know we we need we need something to break our way finally. Thank you, Gordon.
8: Thank you very much, John. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you. Let's go to Zach Williams, uh, the, the New York Post reporter in Albany and their star reporter in Albany. Nothing happens in Albany without Zach Williams uh, knowing about it. Uh, Zach, what the heck is going on? The mayor says we're going to put immigrants in the house of worship. Then he says uh, we're going to put immigrants in private homes, Uh didn't they do that? In, didn't Castro do that in Havana?
9: <laughs> well, the mayor, fair to say, is uh, is trying all sorts of stuff. Uh, maybe throwing spaghetti against the wall, if you will. But today, you know, some really big news that did come through was the Federal Aviation Administration uh, signed off on this idea of using a warehouse at JFK, which would hold about 500 migrants. But you know, as you and I both know, more are coming every day. Uh, we've seen, you know, the mayor send them to various areas of the state, but it's just pretty hard to keep up. And the, meanwhile, this idea of hosting many of them on SUNY campuses upstate sure seems to be getting slow walked by the administration. You know, the, the, the students have already been gone, and you can only have them there for so long before the fall semester. But, uh, you know, we still haven't heard any action on that, much less the idea of, you know, when we will actually have enough shelters, you know, for all the ones that still have to come. Um, needless to say, you know, the crisis uh, just keeps uh, growing and, uh, you know, kind of like people just sticking their finger in the dam.
3: Well, and, you know, you bring up a great idea a point, Zach, because it's like they're also saying we want more money. But where are the folks saying change the policy at the border basically to change it? Have you seen any Democrats going after sort of the root issue here, which is an open border?
9: Well, one of those things where the horseshoe, uh, so to speak, comes together is Democrats and Republicans at the state level, at the city level, saying federal government, time to shake shape up and solve immigration. Now, that's a pretty big ask. And, you know, we've seen for decades now, um, going all all the way back to George W. Bush's administration, you know, the idea of a comprehensive immigration reform plan in D.C. getting passed just isn't going to happen. And... <laughs> You know, meanwhile, you got the governor, you know, she's trying to play good cop. I guess you could say Eric Adams is bad cop. Um, but we just haven't really seen any full-throated, uh, call for Biden himself from the Democratic officials, at least to really get his hands dirty and do something more, um, than he already has done, which, you know, Hasn't been much when you consider the scale of the crisis. Hasn't been much. It's like next to
6: nothing. Judge Weinberg, go ahead. And Zach, I want to switch gears for a minute. Let's talk about the Clean Slate Act. Can you tell our listeners what that's about and what's happening in opening on that and why it's a problem?
9: Sure. There's one week to go in the legislative session that ends on Friday. And probably the the big bill that seems a lot of energy is going to is the so-called clean slate legislation. Now, the idea here. It's a second chance. We all not like second chances, right? But <laughs> uh, this bill would allow any type of criminal conviction, except for sex offenses, mind you. That's a big, big exception there. Any type of criminal offense to be sealed once someone serves their time in prison and whatever parole or probation or other terms of the confinement they got, plus three years for misdemeanors and seven years for felony. So what does that mean? Let's say someone, uh, Lord forbid, is convicted of murder, spent 20 years in prison. Maybe they have some parole for, let's say, 10 years more. That means 37 years, because remember, that's seven years for felonies, too. 37 years after they first went to prison, the record can finally be sealed. Now, with murder cases, you know, murderers tend to be kept in prison for very long. But, you know, everything else, whether it's theft, burglary, uh, you know, fraud, whatever it is, could be sealed in your record. But keep in mind one more cor- important copy. Yeah, real there quick, Zach,
3: exceptions.
9: yep. Courts, schools, you know, the DMV can know if you want to get a driving job with Walmart, if you've committed vehicular manslaughter. There are a bunch of kind of, you know, loopholes here and there of people that could access their records. But uh, to just kind of wrap things things up here, you know, the Republicans are saying this is just, you know, more Progressive criminal justice reforms run amok. The Democrats are saying, look, big business supports us, labor unions. Let's pass this legislation and give people, after all their time has been served, a second chance.
1: Well, you got to well, come back on. Thank That's you, really guys, important, Zach. And uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. And uh, you know, keep telling New Yorkers the truth. <laughs>
9: Thanks so much. Anytime.
1: Thank you. And, uh, Rita, let's go without any further delay. Let's go to uh, Bill O'Reilly, who's calling in now and uh, is with us every mm-hmm. Monday. And uh the great Bill O'Reilly, the great Bill O'Reilly. mega best selling
3: author, almost twenty million books in print, and of course host of Common Sense here on WABC. Uh Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly, nine to ten PM. Uh Bill, go ahead.
10: Well, what do you want to talk about? I've been listening to the program. You got a lot of stuff on the board. Can can so... the current
1: can the current president of the United States uh hire a special prosecutor to to uh indict the person running against
10: them, Yeah. Yes, he can. <laughs> well,
1: he's and that will
10: happen. Um, this uh, <clears throat> Jack Smith has got to do it. I wrote a column a couple of weeks ago. Um, look, you, you have to start with the premise that we are living in a corrupt country right now. And we saw that on display today with the FBI uh, handing over this uh, allegation from a, they say, a credible whistleblower that Joe Biden took bribes when he was vice president. The problem with that memo and the FBI is that nobody has any confidence that the FBI will investigate what the whistleblower is alleging. Who has confidence the FBI is going to do that? No one, not even on the left. It's like a joke. And then I brought in a guest tonight. You'll hear him on W.A.B.C., former congressman from Florida, and I said, look, this is the same thing that happened with uh, the Obama administration, with Eric Holder, who was cited for contempt of Congress for not handing over documents about the Fast and Furious gun smuggling investigation. And that what happened to him. He just weighed in there arrogantly and said, well, I'm not going to tell you anything. I don't care what you do. And so when you have that, Christopher Wray, the head of the FBI, um, On Thursday, there's going to be a vote. It'll pass that he'll be held in contempt of Congress. What does Ray care? Attorney General's not going to do anything about it. What does he care? And so that's corruption. You were talking about corruption earlier in the hour. And now we have it at the highest level, and Americans know it. They know that even if Joe Biden took money, and this all, of course, stems from the Hunter Biden investigation, Now five years running, and the U.S. Attorney in Delaware hasn't said he's going to charge him or exonerate him. This is called a slow walk. It's not even a slow walk. It's a, not even a crawl. It's just (laughs) stop. Yeah, it's like a turtle. (laughs) Hey, hey, Bill. And so when you have that system, what separates us from Venezuela? Nothing. You can be corrupt there. I warn all of my listeners on the radio and television viewers on the no spin news on Bill Don't do what the Democrats did with Russian collusion. Don't convict Biden because we don't know yet. But we're never going to know if there's no investigation. Correct. Correct.
5: Hey, Bill, Bill, this is Pete King. If I can switch the topic, but it's the same general area of moral corruption as Irish Catholics, you and I can talk what is wrong with Catholic people if they're not denouncing the Los Angeles Dodgers for the totally anti Catholic actions they took on the field. That to me was absolutely disgraceful and indefensible. I know you've commented on it, but do you think we can ever get people to rise up over that?
10: No. And it's because only twenty two percent of American Catholics go to mass every Sunday. So there are seventy million Catholics in the United States, and only 22 percent of them go to mass. They're not invested in their church any longer. The majority of them, they may have been born Catholic, baptized, and on Christmas they might show up and they might get their kid baptized, but there's no investment.
5: Bill, can you could just quickly so When tell- the Yankees
10: played the Dodgers yeah. last night and beat them in Los Angeles, it was a full house. Right. Even though the Catholic League and the CatholicVote.com people call for a boycott. Well, I can tell you there are a good number of Catholics in that audience, um, but they either don't know about it because they're on their phones all day long, and the network news has blacked out this story.
5: So, can you give a brief description of what, what it actually entails?
10: Could I give a description yeah. of what?
5: You no, know, what it entails. You know what what they actually did. That group that was what on is, it. Okay. What so did the Dodgers do?
10: This this militant group the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, invaded a Catholic church in San Francisco, took the Eucharist, which the priest foolishly gave them because they were dressed in drag, took it out and defiled it in front of a camera. On a regular basis, they have strip shows featuring characters Jesus and Mary. They've used the cross in unbelievably crude ways, all of this in public, and they're being honored on gay pride night by the Los Angeles Dodgers.
1: Honored. And have you heard Cardinal Dolan say anything about this? I can't, I can't believe this. I can't believe they actually, the Los Angeles Dodgers are, are honoring them. Well, That's- you know well, they be did? can't believe
10: it. Yeah, But Cardinal Dolan is on television every day. Has he said a word about it? He's the most powerful Catholic cleric in the United States. And he had said nothing. And I called him. There's a dinner party. There's said, a dinner hey, party tomorrow night. Program. Let's kick it around. And what did he say? And he wouldn't do it. I, got, I went with Bishop Barron, another very courageous. He's a very courageous Catholic cleric of the Midwest. But don't expect Catholics to be invested in their church, Congressman. Because they're not, and that's just a
1: sad fact of life. There was a religious, uh, uh, what was it, a op-ed piece about uh, how uh, Catholics are down like 39% or 40%. Oh, yeah. We talked to Rabbi Potasnik. And, and me and, uh, and Rita talked to Rabbi about it. Yes. Uh, and remind me, I'll send a copy of it to... Uh, uh, to Bill O'Reilly, and uh, send went to uh, yeah. The Kings. It was a huge amount of Catholics who were who were leaving. And, you know, you know. Let me tell you something. The migrant situation: ninety percent, eighty percent, seventy percent are Catholics. Ding, 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 ding. I'll let everybody do their own uh, mathematics and where the money is going, and where and who is. Uh, the beneficiary.
2: Yeah. Beneficiary.
3: Yeah, Well, and there have been reports that Catholic charities are are helping um, big time at the border.
5: I'm sure they are.
3: Big time. Tell you, um, uh,
1: I think it's a mistake that they do that. You know, yeah. Ju-
5: you know, Jews are attacked at CUNY. Catholics are attacked by the Dodgers. What's happening to our country?
3: Yeah,
1: very sad. Well, uh, Bill O'Reilly, we thank love you so Bill. much. and you, I'm going to be listening yeah, tonight. What are you going to talk about tonight?
10: We're gonna do the corruption thing tonight, so I hope everybody- I'll be listening
1: this. on WABC oh, radio. com between 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and billoreilly.com, and thank you so much, and uh, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice America. God bless America.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.